I'd like to welcome you to the ministry of McCormick's Creek Church. We certainly hope that you will enjoy this selection. Bibles, again, or if you don't have it uh, behind me, or if you have it on your iPad, your phone, your Samsung, whatever you have. The Bible says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life. They, man, this is an amazing, amazing comment. It's a promise. And they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Now that scripture is not a scripture that we should base a doctrine called eternal security, which means once saved, always saved. You or I... We are not robots. You can walk away anytime. And what this scripture is saying is that when you are saved and when you choose to follow Jesus, no devil in hell, no power on earth, nothing can separate you from his love. No power can take you out of his hand. In other words, when you follow after Jesus, you're secure. You don't have to worry about it. In a world full of chaos, people worry, they're wondering about tomorrow. The church is predestined. Each person is not predestined, but the church is predestined. But the Bible say about the church, he said, Upon this rock I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So we know that the church itself is predestined. Why? Because he purchased it with his own blood. And he's going to do everything in his power to guard it, to protect it. Amen? No man can pluck us out of the hand of God. He went on to say, My Father which gave them to me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. John ten four through 5 says... And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Verse 5, And a stranger they will not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of of strangers. So, Knowing the voice of God, you can rest assured that when you cannot see Him working, He's working. But as long as you can hear His voice, my sheep know my voice. And I want to talk to you just for a little bit. And I feel the Holy Ghost. And I know I'm in the will of God this morning. I Pardon me if I get emotional this morning. Uh, I'm I'm sorry. Uh, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry, but you're just going to have to deal with it this morning. I'm very passionate about what I'm going to talk about this morning. I want to talk just for a while, the voice of the shepherd. How many of you know that you need the voice of the shepherd in your life? Amen. You may be seated in Jesus' name. You're going to preach with me this morning? That was four of you. Are you going to preach with me this morning? That sounded like about 98% of you, so I'm going to hold you to it. My greatest desire today is, is to reveal to you and how much he loves each and every person. I want you to know this, that if everybody in the world but you rejected him, he would have taken the journey for you. I said if everybody would have rejected him, He would have taken the journey for you. That's how much he loves you. I know he loves us. He he loves the church as a whole. But I, I need you to understand something this morning. That I need you to find comfort in knowing that he loves you. Say he loves me. Come on. When you start understanding and believing that. You, you, everything else in your life will, won't matter. All the problems that you go through won't matter when you know that Jesus loves you. Amen. We should give the Lord a hand clap for him loving us. There's a story. There's a story I read. It had an effect on my life. It says there was once a shepherd that lived in the Scottish Highlands. This shepherd, he had a daughter 
And he would like to take her with him when he went out to the moors to take care of the sheep. The thing that the little girl liked best about being with her father was she loved to hear the call of the shepherd. His voice to her sounded free and it sounded beautiful as it carried across the valleys of the pastures. And as the years had passed by, the little girl, she became a beautiful young woman. And she goes off to the Scotland's great cities in Edinburgh or Glasgow. It was there that she was determined that she had made up her mind to make her own decisions. She would made it. Uh, the choice to build her own life and absent of her father. On her arrival, she would write back home to her parents every week. But as life began to take her by the hand, her letters soon began to drop off in her frequent, their frequency and soon eventually there were no letters that would make their way back. To the father's house, rumors began to filter back to her home that the shepherd and his wife, that their daughter had started hanging out in some unsavory character with some unsavory characters, and they were having a very negative influence on her life. And one day, one of the boys from back home ran into her in her to her in the city streets, and she acted as if. She didn't even know who he was, and she began to turn her back on him as if she was embarrassed as to what she become. When the old shepherd had heard uh, what happened, he gathers a few things together, and he, he dressed in his rough shepherd's clothes, and he went to the city to find his daughter. And for days on end, he looked for her. He looked everywhere, the slums, the rows, the houses, the markets, and the taverns, and everywhere in between, uh, without any success. So after all his searching, he began to be very discouraged with the thought that he had lost his daughter to an evil city forever. And as he started the long journey back home, just as he was on the outskirts of the city, he began to rem- reminisce that his daughter had always loved to hear his voice of the shepherd calling to the sheep. And so, in one more try, the story says that he turns around. And at one last try, he begins to lift his voice and began to stalk the streets. His voice rang as the shepherd we begin to call. The citizens of the city all looked at him like he had lost his mind. It wasn't too long as he walked the streets of one degraded neighborhood that stood inside one of those houses, his daughter sitting among the vermin who had led her astray. She hears his voice. And with great astonishment on her face, she hears the call of the voice of the shepherd. The voice of her father was calling out to her. And with excitement, she leaps up and she rushed out to the street. And she ran into the arms of the old shepherd. It would have never happened if he wasn't determined to lift up his voice. That was the voice of her father. She knew her father's voice. And despite of what things happened in her life, and despite of what she became in her life, she never forgot the tonality of her father's voice. I come to tell somebody here this morning that it doesn't matter how far you feel like you're from God. And it doesn't matter how far you feel like you are from his presence. And it doesn't matter how far down you feel this morning. Just know this, that the voice of Jesus will never stop calling. I want you to know something, that he'll chase you to your deathbed. 
I don't care how much guilt that the enemy has laid on you. And I don't care how much the devil has tried to talk you into thinking that you're unworthy of the blood of Jesus. He didn't die for a perfect church, but he died for a church that the Bible says... He died for the world, that he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And if his voice was good enough for you in the very beginning with you and you are the worst in your life, just know this, that if you've left him, just know this, that the voice is still significant in my life. And it doesn't matter how far down I get or how far I stray from Jesus. He always will find me. Me as a pastor, I have, I don't know if it's, it's a curse in my life, but sometimes I feel as though it's a curse. But the longer I study it, the longer I realize that it really is a pleasure that I get to stand by, even though that the grim, it's a grim picture. Sometimes I stand by the deathbeds of backsliders that's walked away from Jesus. And I walk in the room and they feel defeated and they've let the enemy try to make them to believe that they're so far down that they've done too much to even come back. And sometimes I feel, Brother Krause, it's a curse that I have to watch it. But the more I begin to understand and study it, it's not a curse. It's a pleasure for me to be able to walk or to watch grace and mercy walk into a room where people that were undeserving, that should not be able to come back. But Jesus said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'll chase you until the end. I'll walk. And I'm telling somebody in here this morning, I don't care what decisions you've made in your past, that the blood of Jesus still flows from Calvary and still heals and cleanses. Hear me, what this United States needs, and I know we've got race issues, and I know we've got hate issues, but you know what the, the blood of Jesus does? It goes beyond every race thing and every bit of hate issue when people start drawing lines and people start pointing their fingers and, and, and when, when, when a world uh, feels so empty, the blood of Jesus goes beyond the scripture that comes to mind that, that we need in this last day. When the Bible says where sin abounds, grace doth much more abound. And the more hate, the more love Jesus displays. And the more pain, the more healing Jesus gives. I'm thankful for his blood this morning. That is, that is voice. It reaches beyond every problem. I told you earlier when when the people when when the so-called church tried to silence those where in this in this sort in this well ago in the in the uh, the when I dedicated the baby they were trying to silence the uh, the children and there's other aspects of people that try to silence other people and say well you don't count or your voice don't count hear me that's in the world but in the economy of Jesus in the economy of the church everybody's the same it's. There's no class. There's no race. There should be no division. That's the voice that calls out to me. You know how I know? You know how I know? That two years ago, Pastor Brother Eli Hernandez, he's not with us today. He went on to be with Jesus, died of COVID. But I stood there where 10,000 Filipino people stood out in a park. And he preached death, burial, and resurrection. And in about three minutes, about 700 people received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. There is no boundaries because the voice of God reaches past everything. You should be happy about that. Well, Jesus saved me and his voice reached me. He can save you. 
Because I understand how far down I was. You say, well, you raised in, in church and you, you had everything laid out before you on a silver plate. Let me tell you something. If anybody deserves to go to hell, it's me. It's because I had every opportunity to make things right. And I made all the wrong choices at certain times. But Jesus had mercy and saw fit to let me come back. And if he let somebody that knows good and well and better then he can he can save anybody. He can save anybody. When I walked away from Jesus, and I was at my lowest. I was I was living in Tennessee. I was, I know the church, most of you have heard my testimony. Some people think just because we're pastors or preachers or wear a suit and tie that we're, I know you don't think we're perfect, but you think probably a lot of people think that we live above reproach and we're, we, we have everything going. No, that's not the same. I'm no different than anybody else. I just, I just have maybe a little different title than you, but I've not always, always been right and not always right now. Believe it or not, I still, I still need his voice to direct me. And I don't care how much Bible you think you know, or how much, or a position you have, or how much clout you have, or your position in the kingdom. I don't care about that. But then Jesus doesn't either. We all need his voice. Paul, the greatest preacher that ever preached and in, 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 ever stood in a podium, preached. He said, I have to die daily. In other words, I need his voice every single day. And at my lowest, when my mom and dad didn't know it, and I, I hate even talking about it in front of them, I was suicidal. I didn't want to live. I thought I, I thought I was too far gone. Things had happened in my life that I, I didn't think that I was even worthy, and I was running from the call. And every, I, I, I hate again. I hate talking about it. But I know, Dad, you don't like to hear it, but that's the way it was. My dad and mom didn't know it. Every day I went to work, Brother Jonathan. I got in that little eight, uh, eighty-five Nissan Sentra, that little cracker. Jack of a car, and I take my seatbelt off, going towards Knoxville, Tennessee, and I drive 80, 85 mile an hour as fast as that car could go. And I had a tree picked out that I, I had made up my mind one day I'm going to get the gall and the guts to drive my car and hit that. I won't feel anything. I, I won't even know it. But you know why, Brother Krause? What kept me every every single time I thought of it, I was so serious about it. I didn't even pack a lunch. Because I didn't think I was going to make it to lunch. And I, that's how far gone I was. But every day I got in my car and every day I decided I wasn't going to live, there was a voice inside of me. And it was the scriptures that mom and dad put inside of me. Oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and, and how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. It was the voice of Jesus crying out to me. And that's what changed me. And I'm here to tell you this morning that it can Bring you back. I don't care how far you've been gone. I've lost all my notes. I don't even know where I'm at. We've got to understand something. That despite what the world tells you. Despite what our world and what the styles and the fashions and Hollywood try to tell us. That the church is the safest place. For us to be. There is power in unity. Hear me. Let me tell you. Let me tell you how the devil. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Let me tell you how the devil destroys his people. What he does. The Bible says he is as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. A lion has the uh, ability to separate people from the sheepfold. That's what they do. You look at it in the wild. He likened it as a as a lion. You watch National Geographic and you'll find out that the lion, when he pounces on a prey, what he does is he goes after the the, 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 the zebra or the, the animal, whatever it is, that has a hurt leg or some somebody that's wounded, somebody that's drawn away from the sheep foe or, 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 or the herd. And that's what that lion pounces on. You'll find it. Why? Because it. 
it to him, it's the path of least resistance. He's not going to go after the herd or the unified body. He's not going to go after the church. What he does is he goes after people that are wounded and people that are upset and people that will stay home because they're hurt and think that nobody loves them. That's who the devil attacks. That's why it's so important to stay in the church. I didn't come this morning to preach on faithfulness. Matter of fact, I don't even know where I'm going right now. I'm just going with the direction of what Jesus wants me to. I have really good notes on the, that pad, iPad right there. And if I went by it, it'd probably be okay, be pretty good. But I just feel an anointing right now. And I feel a call to tell you this morning that you've got to stick close to the church. Stop running away from the church. Don't let the devil keep you from coming to church. You know what? I'm not against, I'm not against ball. I'm not against 4-H. I'm not against Little League. I'm not against football. I'm not against any of that. I love it. I love to play it. But dad, I used to get angry at you. I used to get mad. I used to talk about it. I was mad, angry because dad didn't let me play basketball. Dad didn't let me play football. And, and not that there was anything wrong with those things. But let me tell you why he didn't let me. It was because he knew it would keep me from the church. And the longer you're out of the church, the longer you're away from the voice. Now, I know that you can hear from God outside the church. But there's a scripture in the Bible that says, Forsake not to assemble yourself with one another. And there is power and unity of coming together as a church. Matter of fact, we don't do it enough. And I know that you can live for Jesus not going to church for some time. Say, well, you don't have to go to church. You sit home and I can watch TV and I can watch. You need the church. You need the body. Jesus, listen, hear me. Jesus witness. Jesus wouldn't have spent all the time setting up the government of the church if the church wasn't important. When he said for the perfecting of the saints, he gave the fivefold ministry. And he set it all up. He said, you need the church. You need a pastor. Without a preacher, you will die lost. Not me, I'm not patting myself on the back. But you need a voice in your life. You need to hear the word of God. You need it. Just like you feed your flesh. Just like you've got to eat. You've got to eat. You've got to ingest the word of God. And outside the church, you've got to read the word. And there's so many people that are drawn away from voices outside the churches because they don't understand. They, they have been away from the voice of God for so long. They've stopped reading their Bible and they stop doing this and they start turning on the television. They start turning on the news and all the negative junk on Facebook. And before long, they don't know if God's even talking to them. And people say, well, I, God doesn't even talk to me. Well, maybe he has and you don't even understand his voice. You can't distinguish it. Well, Sister Tenny, yeah, Sister Tenny, one of our great, great women of God in our movement, they said, how do you, how do you know the voice of God after all these years? She said, you know what, Brother Tenny, of course, he had a distinctive voice. They called it, Brother Arnold called, called him the voice of the, the Tenny, the voice of terror. Because every time he, would, he needed help, he said, oh, Tenny would call him and say, what about Calvary? He said, you could, you could hear his voice. But she said, but, but Sister Tenny said, you know how I know the voice of God? She said, just like you could line up a million people. I can be blindfolded and hear my husband's voice and hear it. She said, because I spent so much time with him. That's how you understand the voice of God is when you spend time with Jesus. But so many people, they shut out the voice of Jesus and they they pull away from him and they got so many other voices. And it's no wonder that our world is so negative. Because before long, the more negative junk that we hear. The more negative junk you hear, the less of faith you're going to have and the less you're going to be able to dis, uh, distinguish the voice of Jesus. He warned about it. He warned us. 
in First Timothy 4 and 1 through 3. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly. He was talking about his voice. And he was warning us that in latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies of hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats with God to have created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe. And I know the truth. And Second Timothy 3, 1 through 5 says, this know also. This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own self, covetousness, proud, uh, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and holy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power from such turn away. And so with... In that climate, in that time that we are living in, it is vital that we as the church begins to hear and understand the voice of the shepherd. He said, he leadeth me beside green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. I, I, I preached a, a couple sermons on Psalms 23. There were some things we need to know about sheep. Sheep will eat until a blade, a, the blade of grass, and then they'll eat the root. If you know the nature of a sheep, he'll not only eat the blade of grass, the root, and he'll start eating under, and they, they'll eat, and they'll, they'll, they'll stay there. Because they're creatures of comfort. And if they don't have a shepherd in their life to push them out into green pastures somewhere else, after all the vegetation's gone... And it was just liken it to the nature of a sheep. You will die there. Then it went on to say, and he leadeth me beside still waters. And so there's a deep spiritual meaning to that when he said, he leadeth me beside still waters, as opposed to rushing waters. Something, we use common sense, you know, that rushing waters. Number one, sheep will not drink out of running water. They're skittish. They only drink out of still waters. And that speaks of calm places in our life. Another thing we've got to know is that you cannot see your reflection in running water. And what David was saying in Psalms 23, he said, when he leadeth me beside still waters, sometimes, even though it's contrary to our carnal flesh, he pushes us in places of isolation. I so 100% believe that was what COVID-19, I know the enemy used it, but God used it for good. said, you know what, I'm going to push you into uh, isolate, places of isolation so you can begin to evaluate yourself and you can begin to hear my voice. So it's a good time, man. I'm not, again, ball games, all, that, all this stuff is fine. But sometimes... Him getting to us and talking to us. He, we are his priority. That's why he pushes us in places of isolation. When you say, when I'm lonely, I'm depressed, I'm in a lonely place. And, and you're asking God to get you out of that. God saying, no, I got you right where I want you. Because you need to hear my voice. So many times we try to pray our way out of those places. When God said, no, it's the will of God for you. It's my will for you to be there. And you need places. You need to hear me because you need my voice. If you notice, there were some very clear indicators in this passage of Scripture that shows the relationship between, between the sheep and the shepherd. Verse 3, the sheep hear his voice. Sometimes that, again, I, it requires times of isolation. We stand back and we say, that's a bad place to be. I don't want to be there. No, Jesus said, no, I want to get you. I need you alone. I need you to get rid of all the negative junk out of your life. Well, I could spend a long time there. If I had time there, I would tell you, you know what? If you've got negative people in your life, you need to silence them. If you've got people in your life that speak contrary to the word of God, you need to get rid of them. 
I, I tell the church all the time, the best, the best, one of the best inventions besides air conditioner. The best invention, Brother Brad, to me, is caller ID. Caller ID. I think that some smart guy had a direct connection between him and Jesus. And Jesus said, look, I want you to, this is how you're going to keep negative people in your life. Here's caller ID. I think Jesus himself created caller ID. That's a pretty good thing to have, you know. Don't you dare use that on me all the time, though. I call you, Brother John. You can you silence people. You've got people in your life that are going to tear you down and, 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 and continually uh, speak negativity in your life. What you need to do is say, look, that, oh, that's him. That's her. Oops. And then there's another thing on there where you can block numbers. See, that's a deeper, that's an even more powerful thing. You can block numbers. But you need, we, we need to keep the negative voices out of our lives. Because it's those negative things in our life that rob us of our faith and keep us frustrated and angry. And if it, if it calls for turning off CNN, MSNBC, or Fox, or whatever you listen to that's negative, you need to turn it off. Mine's Facebook. Then he went on to say in verse 3, he calls each of the sheep by name. That's, that is awesome to me. He knows us by name. Now, see, this is the part that makes me smile. The God of all this world, he's omnipresent. As vast as this Milky Way is, he's outside of all of it. Scientists believe that there are millions and millions of Milky Ways and galaxies outside of our own galaxy. And he's outside of it all. Matter of fact, you can't go anywhere that God isn't. David said, if I make my bed in hell, there he is. That's an awesome scripture to me. What he was saying, you can go to the very depths of every problems and he's still there. You can't go where God isn't. So for you all that think that you have left him or you're too far from him, just know this. That everywhere you turn, he's going to be there. I can see his glory everywhere. I ever, it doesn't matter how, how bad things get. I can turn around and see the blessings. Look at this. People, wonderful people. Sitting to, I can't go anywhere that God isn't. I can go outside. I can leave human uh, population, go out, and I can't I can turn around and see an oak tree that God planted. He knows every sparrow by name. He knows every hair that we've got on our head. He knows every hair that I used to have on my head. And as vast as he is, Brother Snellenberger, think about this. As vast as he is, he's outside of everything. The God of this world simply knows me. He knows me. Matter of fact, if you travel halfway around the world to the Philippines... And to some of those little remote villages or on some of those little remote islands, Sister Raquel, where nobody knows some of those little kids over there. That nobody, those kids will never get any, any accolades for anything or any, 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 uh, you know, they may not ever invent anything or be on any football team. Or, Jesus knows who they are. That's why it's just so amazing to understand how vast he is. Yet so personal. That's why he became a man like me. So I could, he could understand how I feel. And it's something, it's just a powerful thought that he came in the, in the, in the beginning in the garden with Adam and Eve. When he had Adam and Eve come to them in the cool of the day. Every evening he came to walk with them and talk with them. Because he wanted them to hear his voice every evening. 
Then sin came in, separated him. You could see throughout the oracles of time and history that God, his voice was separated from man. And he, he, he tried to talk to men uh, via, through other men, Moses and Noah and all these great men and patriarchs of God. And But his voice was still there. But it's awesome to me to know that before he went to a cross, he ends up in a garden. He started in the garden trying to get Adam and Eve to hear his voice. Adam, where art thou? And right before he goes to the cross, he introduces his voice again. He's Peter. Wake up. I, I need you to hear my voice. And he goes from the garden to the garden and throughout the history of time. And so he's continually calling us and his voice will never stop calling Verse 3, the Bible says he leads them to various places. And what's awesome about God leading us? What's awesome about him leading us? You have caller ID, don't you? I know it's not me calling her. Nobody knows who it was. I don't even know. I'm not even going to look. I got an idea. The awesome part about Jesus leading us is that he is the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. Which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. That he is literally the author and the finisher of our salvation. In other words... When I am unsure about where I'm going tomorrow, he's already been to my tomorrow. So when his voice calls me, I'm hearing a voice that's already been, whether it's pain or sickness or death or rejection, he's already been there. And so while I spend my time, Brother Krause, being unsure... He's not unsure. He's very certain and knows good and well that he's (laughs) leads him to various places. That's all right. You know what? Maybe I, let me ask you a question. Is that your phone or is that Larry's phone? Larry's like Jesus, taking on the sins of this world. All right. They know his voice because they're familiar with it. The Bible says, went on in verse 5, says, they will not follow a stranger. The shepherd is equipped with a number of different tools that helps him fulfill his task. A rod, a staff, a canteen, and a bag. He uses the rod for correction, the staff for guidance, the canteen to pour refreshment, and the bag to carry various medicines, oils, ointments to heal the sheep. But perhaps the shepherd's greatest tool, hear me, is his voice. Because with his voice, he can call his sheep. He can call them to higher, safer paths to walk in. He can call them from the wilderness to destruction. Excuse me, wilderness of destruction. He can call them with the voice of comfort that adds security. He can call them from their wanderings. He can call them to make necessary adjustments leading to green pastures. He can call them from the entrapments and the dangers of the way. He can call them to the sheepfold. To protect at night, the shepherd who worked the heels of Israel depended largely on the sheepfold to protect his sheep. The sheepfold was a type of enclosed barn that had a secure covering the walls of protection. It resembled more of a house than a barn and and provided great security and warmth. Frequently, the shepherd would spend the night and sleep among his sheep. As time passed, those sheep became very comfortable with his presence. 
In fact, there was great security that came into their minds simply because the shepherd was in their presence. And it's so imperative that we as sheep stay within the hearing and the distance of the voice of the shepherd. Simply as we, we don't complicate it, is we talk to him. We stay in communion with him. We stay in close proximity to him. It is absolutely of great importance that we stay close to our church. And I'm not patting me on the back. I don't, pat, I don't pull the pastor card. But to have a man of God in your life to preach to you. And I'm not above that. I have to have, I have, to have a shepherd in my life. Pastor uh, Parkey is in my life. He can call me. He could call me on Sunday morning say, I'm driving to your church and I'm preaching. And you're not preaching. We're scrapping whatever you're preaching. I would sit down and I would listen to him because he is my pastor. God chooses to use the men of God in our lives. I'll tell you what's wrong with a lot of people. Is that they, they say they want to hear from God. But this is the way the line of authority works. And you can like it or lump it. I don't care. It's Bible. You think, if you think you know better, then you just, you're wrong. That God goes through lines of authority. Not that you cannot hear from God yourself. But if you think that you out, can out, should outgrow the man of God in your life, you have lied to yourself. Because once you, re, once you remove him in your life, you remi, remove yourself under the line of authority. The man that, 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 that had Jesus looked at and said, I haven't seen such great faith in all of Israel. When Jesus said, I'll go home and heal your daughter, Jesus said, you don't have to go home. You just speak the word. And then the, 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 uh, the, the centurion said, you know why? I understand authority. He said, because I'm in authority and I'm under authority. And I understand it. And that's how it works in the kingdom of God. And when you remove yourself out of the umbrella of the authority of God and the man of God in your life, you automatically remove yourself under the, out of the power of God. It's biblical. The pastor is not. It should not be a, a dictator. He should not be somebody that tries to rule your life. And that's my God as a pastor. That's the last thing I ever want to be. Because when you do that, you make yourself responsible. Not, not, you can't take credit. You, you, you may take credit for everything that goes right, but then you have to take credit for everything that goes wrong. So I'm not God. He is. But I am the mouthpiece that God put in charge. So, and who, wherever you go to church, if your pastor's in the book, and he preaches it, and you choose not to do it, then you're the one that's wrong. All the while, his voice is calling his sheep, is leading us into righteousness and holiness, into food and refreshment. He will shelter us with protection and safety. At the, at the call of his voice, we're called from this world, from idolatry, false tenets of worship, into all truth. We follow the path that he took. First Peter 2 and 21. For, e- for even unto hereunto where we are called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example, that you should follow his steps, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not again, and he suffered, he threatened not. He committed himself to them to him that Judges righteously, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead in sins should live unto righteousness by those stripes ye were healed. Revelations 14 and 4. These are they which follow the Lamb, whithersoever he goeth. These are redeemed from among men, being the first fruits unto God. And to the Lamb. The more familiar you are with His voice, the less likely you are to follow a stranger. They tell people that, that handle money, they teach them how to recognize counterfeits. You know how they teach people how to recognize counterfeits? Not to put counterfeits in their hand. 
Do you know how they teach them? They understand what the all authentic bill feels like. And the more they handle the real thing, the quicker they be able to recognize what's not real. People got it wrong. They say, well, I'm going to just go out and try and listen to every wind of doctrine and, 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 and then I'll figure out what's right. Instead of going to the direct source and finding the door of the sheepfold, which Jesus said, I am the door. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man coming from the Father but by me. So when you recognize the way and you recognize the voice of Jesus, when the false speak and the false prophets come and people that claim to be one of his, when they speak and they don't sound like his voice, that's when you be able to understand what's right and what's wrong. Listen to his voice. Get familiar with it. The days of ancient biblical times, there was occasions where two or three flocks would intersect in a pasture. They would mingle together, become a large flock. Yet the shepherds never worried about this because when the shepherd would begin to call out or even sing, his sheep would alert to his voice and begin to separate from the other sheep of various flocks. Those that linger never follow after or, or and never follow are the strays and mavericks of the lot. They failed to get acquainted enough with the voice of the shepherd and never found the security of the flock. So I'm begging you this morning that if you don't know the voice as we stand, if you don't recognize his voice, I'm asking you to begin to cry out to him. Ask Jesus, help me to distinguish. Help me to hear so I can obey. I, I, I feel I felt so strongly this morning about this message. And I, I don't understand why I don't know who I, exactly who I'm preaching to this morning. If you don't come to this altar, that's that's fine. But I'm going to open it up, and I just want you to know that my main mission this morning was to put it and plant something inside your heart and your mind that you can never run too far. That He's still chasing you. He still loves you. It doesn't matter how far or what you've done. You still are His children. With every eye closed, if you please, if you would like to come to the altar, I'm asking you to, if you, if you want to stay at your seat, that's fine. Social distancing is fine if that's what you want to do. But I'm opening this altar to people that want to come down. If not, you can make the place where you sit an altar. Let's begin to cry out to him. Let's begin to talk to him and let his voice ring true in our ears. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I see shadow, you see hope. I see broken, but you see.
Better is one day. 